It's August 7th, 2019, and welcome to 11 years of Bite Mart Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Samantha Ruiz from High Soup, and she is here to tell us about an event in support of Purple Prize. Then we have uh, Mark Kimura and Chase Toyofuku Souza from Oceanet to tell us about a program to introduce AI to high school students. First up, I want to welcome Sam Ruiz here from High Soup, and I've always wanted to find out what High Soup is up to. And they have a micro grant event in support of Purple Prize. Welcome to the show, Sam. Hi, how's it going? So, tell me a little bit about High Soup, and and how long have you been around, and what do, what do you guys do? Yeah, so um, High Soup is a micro granting dinner that aggregates local community funds to support projects throughout Hawaii. Um, the projects range from urban agriculture to social enterprise, and in this case, startup technology mm-hmm. groups. Um, we started in 2014, and the first pot was about $500. And you know, since then, we've received overwhelming support from different community organizations that have really been interested in bringing the soup model to their organization, whether that's to engage membership or outreach to different parts of the community. Um, and it's been really great so far. How did you How did you get the idea to do high soup? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, do you want the real answer? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I'll, the, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, fake, I'll keep it. Fake I'll, news I'll, answer. I'll keep it honest. Um, in the age of fake news, we'll keep it real. Uh, so I actually started High Soup to avoid the process of applying for grant applications. Uh, for those who know me, I tend to have uh, ideas on ideas on ideas, and I didn't have a nonprofit to uh, uh, formally apply for, to bring these ideas into into real life. And so I just started thinking, well, what's the best way to get these ideas supported and also to support a lot of the really good work in Honolulu? When I moved to Hawaii five years ago, um, I wanted to support a lot of the environmental work that was happening here. That's mm-hmm. in my other life. That's what I focus a lot on. And um, I was recognizing that a lot of those needs are, have already been met. And so the soup model really provided a, a space where the community could continue to support the projects that are taking place, um, you know, without competing against, um, you know, by way of starting an, a, a related and new project. Uh, so community. So how, how did you um, how did you hook up with our friends over at Purple Maya at Purple Prize? Yeah. So um, at our last soup, which was hosted at the shop in Kaimuki. Um, one of the co-founders of Purple Prize was in the audience and came up to me after the event and said, this is a great space. We really love when the community comes together in this way. And we think, you know, let's spend some time exploring what a partnership would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the connection between the two organizations is that Purple Prize focuses on startups. And similarly, that's what Soup does as well. I mean, we the projects that the community chooses to support range from nonprofits, for-profits, and sometimes just one-off projects in and of themselves. Uh, and I think the common denominator between Purple Prize and Soup really is that the that we're looking at projects that, A, have a positive net impact in their community, and B, are 
really grassroots. They're scrappy. They're putting the time, the heart, the soul into the project without a lot of resources Mm -hmm. behind them. Um, And so, you know, recognizing that commonality, we we sat down. I sat down with uh, Alec Wagner and uh, and one of the other board members and just said, you know, what can we do together? And here we are today. How does the how does the uh, uh, granting process work? So uh, somebody comes in, they buy a ticket, they get to have some soup. And how do you kind of distribute that those funds? Yes. Yeah, so so the way it works is enter community space. You pay fifteen dollars at the door. Of that fifteen, twelve is goes into a community chest, and that's aggregated. And then the other three goes to support the chef of the evening. Mm-hmm. At our next event, we'll be having a kimchi soup, which Ooh. is very exciting. Um, and so from there, then we aggregate the twelve participants. Listen to three projects from the community. Uh, and get to kind of crowdsource or family style questions to ask the project, which is really nice. You know, that's one of the pillars of Soup is mm-hmm. the is the collaboration and the communication, right? Where we want to be a catalyst for conversation in the community. Uh, and so then at the end of the night, everybody gets one vote, which comes with the fifteen dollars, and uh, the project with the most votes takes home. The cold hard cash. Wow! So, how many? Do you know how many teams from Purple Prize are going to be up pitching? Yeah. So we, uh, you know, walking into this partnership, we said let's try and host a couple of different soups. Um, the way that we've sourced the projects this time around is any project that didn't make it into the Purple Prize's building phase mm-hmm. uh, get get tossed over to us. I mean, that's that's a bigger conversation. But one of the issues that Soup had been dealing with was developing a pipeline. And we want we needed access to more projects so mm-hmm. that we could continue to host Soup. And Purple Prize said, you know, we have no shortage of projects. Let's see what we can do with some of the organizations that don't make it into our building phase. Mm. And so right now we're hoping to host two events. Uh, at each event, you'll be hearing from three projects that were a part of Purple Prize. And so it, the one that's coming up is going to be coming up on the 14th, right? Over yes. at the Sandbox. That's right. Is that the one with the kimchi soup? Yes. Oh, okay. And so what's the details on, on where people can go to sign up and, and get involved with uh, this high soup event? Yeah, so if you want to purchase a ticket or just learn more about the organization, you can go to linktree slash high soup, and uh, you'll see some of our articles and... and uh, and then what, you, can, you can sign up for the event on the 14th? Yeah, yeah. There's a link to the event right there. Oh, or you can good. pay cash at the door, which oh. we prefer. Okay, sounds good. And so I will put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. Thanks, Sam, for joining us. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Mark Kimura and Chase Toyofuku Souza from Oceanit. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. I can't imagine life without Morning Edition. One of the things that, as a news junkie, I like about listening to public radio is the news from different places, how we can listen to news from the BBC or from Deutsche Welle, and it's always interesting to hear from beyond the U.S. perspective, to hear how we're perceived in the world and to hear other people's voices. 
member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us is Mark Kimura and Chase Toyofuku Souza. Mark is a senior scientist and Chase is an intern. Both are at Oceanit and they're working on the Aloha AI Network. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you for having us. It's so great to be here again, Bart. Yeah, you know, Mark, uh, we had you on and we were talking about something called the uh, AI Toolkit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was a really cool workshop where we got to sort of train a computer on various kinds of images, you know, whether it be people smiling or Aloha shirts, what kind of shirts they were wearing. But, uh, you know, it required some pretty heavy-duty laptop Mm -hmm. processing power. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, we'll get into that a little more later, but... Tell us, what is this new project? What is this new project, AI, uh, the Aloha AI Network? Yes, the Aloha AI Network is a, a, a hardware and software platform mm-hmm. that we built uh, for students to learn the basics of uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence and, um, and to, uh, uh, to actually implement the, the ideas. Yep. Now, now, okay, so what was it that... Uh, shifted or changed the dynamic from, you know, really having a powerful laptop to something now that could get deployed in in high schools? Yeah, so this year is actually a very special year for the AI industry because of uh, this, um, I'm actually holding one of this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called uh, AI Accelerator. Um, I'm specifically holding this uh, product called from from Google. Google, the product is called uh, Google Coral, C-O-R-A-L. It looks like a USB dongle. So uh, what it does is uh, you can attach to a slow computer like uh, a Raspberry Pi mm-hmm. and make it possible for you know, something like Raspberry Pi to do some serious AI. So how, if you, okay, so you, you hook it up to a uh, Raspberry Pi. I mean, Raspberry Pi is a pretty fundamental computer right. and mm-hmm. you, you probably don't have a whole lot of power in that. Right. What is it? What is it telling the coral to do? How does it, communicate to the coral. Yeah, so if you want to just, just you know, use Raspberry Pi to do some serious AI like uh, object detection, image classification, it will pro- it will take about one second to do process one image, for mm-hmm. example. But this will make it, say, 30 frames per second. So it's just from static image to real-time um, processing as well. So Now, yeah. is this something that uh, is some custom, custom chip or is it, you know, are other people building these AI accelerators? Uh, yeah, so uh, like I said, Google is one of them. And also uh, NVIDIA and also Intel actually have released something similar in the past. But uh, for NVIDIA, they only had like bulky, big, expensive ones, um, uh, Jetson series. And um, uh, Intel had the Movidia uh, USB stick. But mm-hmm. it was kind of really uh, difficult to use. And also for Jetson, uh, they were pretty expensive, but uh, they released this Jetson Nano. NVIDIA released uh, Jetson Nano this year, and also uh, Intel released uh, version two. Um, all of these are less than hundred dollars. Mm. So Chase, uh, tell us how did you get involved with with OceanNet, and how did you get involved with this project? It was really on a whim. I didn't have any internships lined up for this summer, and I asked my dad, who happened to have um, some kind of connection to OceanNet. 
And then that put me into contact with Ian Kitajima, uh -huh. which then led me to work on Mark's AI project. Now, how are you? How, what what in what role do you play with this uh, system that is now getting kind of deployed to high school students? So when I came to Oceanit, it was just this small prototype that they developed. It was very very basic, mm -hmm. and a lot of the I had Mark and another worker at Oceanit who helped me to develop into something that would be deployable. So I worked on a lot of the back end and a lot of the coding part, which is um, yeah, how the users can interact with this device and how that device can interact with the cloud and how users can interact with the cloud as well. So Mark, you know, in terms of AI, and we all know that AI is important and, right. and it, it's something that we should all be <clears throat> not only paying attention to, but realizing that the speed at which AI adoption is happening is mm -hmm. incredible. Right. I mean, it's happening just within the few months, you know, right, right. as as time goes on. Uh, what is it that you see from from Oceanist perspective, uh, getting this in the hands of students? Yeah. So, as we know, the fourth industrial revolution is happening. It will change our lives dramatically, just like. Uh, the internet did just like uh, you know petroleum or fossil fuels did in the past, mm -hmm. and it will really really get boost the economy and it will like I said you know it will change our lives dramatically, and you know Hawaii I mean have been you know admittedly behind in terms of technology and adaption of technologies in general, but this time around uh, because of um, say things like this you know, uh, air accelerators, um, you know we still have time to actually uh, really go ahead of others. Mm -hmm. So this is extremely important for us to educate kids now, today, this year, before it's too late. Now, Chase, when you came into Oceanet and were presented with this uh, project to work on, and you're coming in not really knowing anything about what you know what Oceanet does, mm -hmm. can you describe what this project, over the time that you've been involved, from a student's perspective, what does this project do? Uh. What does this project do? Yeah, I mean, so you're you're brand new. You're coming in mm -hmm. and and put your student hat on, right? What does this What does this project do for a student? For students, yeah. So, I think that especially for me, I went to public school, and then I think that a lot of public schools in Hawaii don't have a computer science curriculum, mm -hmm. and so I personally didn't do anything related to computer science. Only in college did I decide to do something related to that, and so what this does is when we deploy it into schools, it allows students to work with things such as computer vision and machine learning really, really basically, where they don't need to know any coding or anything like that. It's just this simple device. You click a button, and then you can interact with it with just like really easy programs. So I think um, that's what it does. It exposes the kids to something that they thought they could never even touch because it was so complex. Now, have you been involved with helping to develop up any of the sort of the user interface, the student interface into the system that, that Mark is uh, uh, holding here? Um, yeah, more, more or less. I didn't develop the actual um, interface, but there's this uh, tool called Power BI, mm -hmm. which is a data visualiz visualization tool that students can use. It's super simple. It's made by Microsoft, so similar to Excel. Uh, they can pull data from the cloud that this device uploads, and they can create really simple data visualization tools. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Mark, if uh, you were to, um, let's say, describe what the interface for a student would be, how would you go about doing that for our listeners? You said for? For our listeners. Uh, yeah. So, 
the Aloha network, it's, it's basically, it consists of two parts. Mm-hmm. One is uh, the hardware, the piece of hardware. Um, you know, I'm actually which, holding Which one. you're holding, which is yeah. like a Raspberry Pi, Yeah, exactly. Right? It's only as small as, uh, say, soap bar, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, attached to say, uh, one of the AI accelerators. So what it does is um, it's actually optical sensor, which detects uh, common things in life, such as people, dogs, cars, and chair, and airplanes, and, and mobile phones. And it counts the number of those things in front of the sensor. And then uh, send the summary data to the server or the cloud service. And the cloud service uh, consolidates the data from uh, multiple devices like this from multiple locations. And then as a user, in this case, uh, students can actually retrieve the data and then you know, do some visualization and analyzing and then uh, potentially come up with uh, solutions to the problem. So the device that you're holding, yep. the uh, Raspberry Pi, that's an optical sensor? Uh, no, it, we, we attach an optical sensor. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, so it takes the visual, and then the AI will understand what it is. And the optical sensor, is it is it basically taking a photograph? Uh, something like that, yeah. Basically, the yeah, thermal sensor inside. And then it, does it do it on a, on a let's say, regular basis? Is it's it real-time, Photo yes. every minute? Yeah, real-time. Real yeah, it does not record the video or anything. Um, it doesn't do any uh, facial recognition or anything you know, controversial like that. Mm-hmm. But it only counts the number of people, or the people, or dogs, and cars, and then just send the summary data to the server. Mm-hmm. So uh, it has uh, that's already pre-programmed it's in pre-programmed. the system. Yes. So if you wherever you set it up, it's going to be counting yep. something. Yeah. How, do you, yeah. how do you know whether it's how did you program it to count, uh, let's say, people versus cars? Yeah, so it uses an algorithm in, in, um, in AI called uh, neural networks. Specifically, it's something called convolutional neural networks. And it's been, uh, it's been used uh, for several, in the past for several years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it has that algorithm to actually detect certain things, like unique things like people or dogs. Um, you still need have to have a like, real big computer to train your model. But once you build a model, and you can have to transfer the, the brain or the AI or model to this device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, do you do you sort of preset that device that you're holding to actually count the thing that you want it to count first? Yeah. So, so there is some there is some uh, sort of setup that you have to do. Yeah. Right? So right now, uh, this device has a, a can. Uh, uh, detect uh, something like 80 different types of objects. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they want to you know, do something else, uh, we can help them to kind of uh, build their own model if mm-hmm. they want to build and uh, uh, detect certain like, unique things. Well, you know, what I, I, I do want to ask you about how you envision this actually being used and developed and nurtured inside the school. But we'll hold that thought. Sure. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Mark Kimura and Chase Toyofuku Souza. And we're talking about the Aloha AI Network. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, Haleakala Waldorf School and Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Mark Kimura and Chase Toyofuku Souza about the Aloha AI network and how it is kind of geared up for high school students to actually learn about artificial intelligence. And of course, right before the break, we're looking at some of the the actual uh, applications that could be used or done with this uh, Raspberry Pi and the uh, Google Coral. 
in the form of, let's say, detecting whether it's people or cars that, that you would sort of set it up for. Now, maybe, um, Chase, since you're the closest to being a student, <laughs> how would you envision uh, high school students actually taking this and, and perhaps developing a project around it? Yeah, so I, I go to um, university, mm-hmm. and this could potentially translate to high school. So personally, um, things such as the library or the cafeteria, which are highly trafficked areas and are in kind of high demand, this device, uh, if users wanted to, because these would be set up around the schools and they would be detecting people or whatever. And then so these students could get that data, build these um, graphs or visualizations that show that, hey, the peak time for the library is 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. And right now there's 90% occupancy. So maybe I'll try to pick a time where it's less occupied. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that can that's just really basic things. So I think maybe that were implemented in a school's app or a school's website, then students could work on the school's website and have these kind of cool uh, tools for students to use and kind of see, hey, this is a really cool hangout spot and it's free right now, so let's go there. Yeah. So now, now that you're sort of working on the, the back end and, and uh, uh, Mark, I mean, you guys are kind of packaging this together. Mm-hmm. How are you packaging it in such a way that now you could hand it off to a school? And how much hand-holding do you think they would need to make use of this? Yeah, so we did a, pre- a pre-launch event the other day, and we invited um, uh, you know, the people from s- different schools. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, kind of verbal commitments from uh, something like five schools as well. So we'll be actually, uh, instead of just providing the hardware and the software and service, we'll be also uh, providing uh, training services as well. So we'll be kind of, you know, teaching how you know, students how to use it, what it is. But we are trying not to kind of uh, tell them what they should be thinking about to use it. We are, uh, we are trying to kind of encourage them to come up with their own solutions and use their creativity and also perhaps use their uh, design thinking skills. Mm-hmm. So that's what we are hoping for. Are you spending a lot of time on, on you know, creating a manual or creating some curriculum or creating some, some <clears throat> packaging that, you know, you can, you can sort of hand off and give them as much runway that they need yeah. to get this thing started. I, I, exactly, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, we are, uh, that's very important part of the project. And also, you know, Ocean has experience with the uh, Altino program and uh-huh. thinking program. So, you know, we're kind of uh, following the footsteps of those programs as well. Now, do you see uh, um, needing to have a, uh, a mentor teacher that, that helps to bring the students together and guides them in the right path? I, I think it would be important to also teach the, uh, teach the teachers as well mm-hmm. to show what can be done and what it is and just to get, give them a good uh, like a muscle memories about this uh, project. Kind no, of, no, uh, there's, a, there's, you know, there's uh, um, several schools and maybe the five that you're thinking yeah. of are, are these schools, but uh, computer science and education, you know, right. they've actually fielded teams that right. do uh, hackathons and, right. and actual competitions. Uh, so I think they would probably be, be primed to, to perhaps get involved. Yeah. Uh, but there always needs to be sort of that mentor teacher that, yeah. that brings yeah. these students together. Yeah. Exactly. And when we're talking about teachers, we're not just talking about computer science teachers. Mm-hmm. Because like, um, like Chase said, uh, it's designed for not just for geeks, but for non-coders as well. So we're hoping that, say, if you're talking about college students, 
um, we're hoping that, um, say, you know, political science majors, sociology majors, and uh, you know, those non-tech, non-engineering students to be able to kind of uh, come up with their own projects. Mm -hmm. Right now, Chase, you said that uh, um, there's a, a, I guess, a pretty high element of data visualization involved with taking the data that this device collects and actually making some sense of it. Mm -hmm. So, as a part of the uh, you know the training or the, the you know the, the kind of the manual. How much of it is dedicated to really visualization? You know, getting kids to learn about whatever visualization tool they have, and how do they take the data and analyze it? Yeah, well, this device really is extremely simple, and it would just be set up. So, I think more than half of it is uh, on getting that data and trying to make sense of it. So, but I think that. It's really easy and that students already know how to use things such as Excel, PowerPoint, mm -hmm. or Google Slides or Google Sheets. And this data from uh, the cloud really, really easily can be imported into those things. So it's really up to the user and we're just kind of enabling them mm -hmm. to uh, get whatever data they want out of it. It's like a hackathon where we just have this huge chunks of data and then you're trying to solve something or make some solution or make some idea out of it. Mm -hmm. Now, do you, uh, you know, envision, Mark, how this might get sustained in the school? Is it going to be, you, do you envision a competition? Do you envision projects? Do you envision some way that students can continue to challenge each other with you, coming up with the best, you know, use of the equipment? You just gave me a great idea, actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely think about that. And then, yeah. well, 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 what, what idea? Like, like, uh, com like comp competition, having competition and let them, uh, you know, compete against each other, perhaps to come up with a great solutions and to solve a, uh, real-life problems that they have. I, yeah. I, I envision, you know, like an AI, Aloha AI network competition. And then, yeah. you know, the f first five schools that you have, yeah. uh, maybe we'll have a little little uh, competition yeah. and then we'll showcase. We'll yeah, just showcase be, all of the projects that they come up with. That would be great. And also it would be great if they actually extend that effort to maybe launch a company or something, you know. Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. would be great. And then, of course, we could have high soup to a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. get some funding. Yeah. Now, uh, in terms of uh, the students, do they need to have any background, Chase? I mean, learning any of this stuff? No, it's really, really simple. The the code is all there for you. All you have to do is just click on the program and launch it, and then it just works. Yeah. Now, do you see this happening with? Uh, is anybody else putting systems like this together for education for schools? Do you that that you are aware of? No, I think Ocean it is it's the pioneer oh, yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. The part of that is because this AI accelerator is very, very new. So mm -hmm. very few companies. I don't know any other companies who are doing how, it. How new is that? I mean, how, when did it come out? Uh, just uh, three, four, five, like this, earlier this year. This year, yeah. So typically, what, I mean, what you're showing me right now, uh, how much does that cost? Uh, so this coral, I think it was a 75 or $80 mm -hmm. or so. Yeah. And also the same thing for uh, more videos as well. So it's that range. And then, uh, what, you have to put the, is the Raspberry Pi, you still have to configure the Raspberry Pi, right? Yeah, yeah. So... So configuring it, it's slightly tricky, so that needs to be done on our end, mm -hmm, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we're not really exposing that part. But, you know, if the student is a, you know, real computer science major or, you know, want to kind of explore the, you know, low-level coding and stuff, uh, you know, they can also do that and, and improve it. Mm -hmm, upon it. Mm -hmm. So when do you see this? I know, I know you said you had five schools kind of on tap, but uh, when do you see this realistically actually being played with? Um, Start of the school year or what? That's what oh, we're trying. Uh, you, yeah. The year's already started. Yeah, so. the school year has already started. Yep. Um, hopefully within a month or so. Within a month? Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. 
Yeah. Okay. Make up. It's very close. Very close. When you when you have that uh, kickoff, I, I certainly want to be there sure. to see that. Now, where can people learn more about the devices that you are showing me? Yeah, the best way is to perhaps contact uh, 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 Ian Kitajima. I think Ian Kitajima uh, Elshanet. Okay, com, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll put his contact information up. Mark Kimura and Chase Toyofuku Suza, they're both with Oceanet working on the Aloha AI network. And for this is all for high school students. And I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having thank us. You. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about co working in Hawaii and the expansion of Impact Hub. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Tong, David Chong. <laughs> and, of course, you can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome. And we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you.